the construction industry uses from the 30 to the 40% of the natural resources annually from all the world. The real buildings are going to be completely connected in real time with the digital twins. If I could imagine a world, uh, a futuristic building, it will be like a transformer, you know, because I love how it looks. I mean, just imagine a giant artifact that where every single part knows its function and knows where to go and why, and that can change the function and the place and everything according with the desires of the, of the design. Disclaimer. What you're about to hear represents the thoughts and opinions of the participants at the moment of recording. We reserve the right to change our minds. Hey, this is Luis. Welcome to the Welcome Podcast. Today I bring a conversation I had with Benjamin Sanchez Andrade. Benjamin has a PhD in civil engineering from the University of Waterloo. And he's currently a professor at the Tecnológico de Monterrey in Mexico. He talked to me about the future of the construction industry, and then, as it was probably inevitable, we drifted into talking about the gym and our old times as graduate students. Hope you enjoy it. Benjamin, thank you so much for coming. It's been a while since I talked to you last. I think it was on, on, on January. I think so, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. January, you had the chance to come here. Uh, so, have you been? Pretty good, pretty good, Luis, and thank you so yeah. much for the invitation. I'm very happy to, I mean, to, uh, to see you, to to talk to you, and also, I mean, if we can chat about uh, these topics that you you ask me, I mean, it's gonna be pretty fun. So I remember one time uh, we were walking on from Waterloo to Kitchener. Uh, it, we tried to go to the gym, and then it was closed. Remember? Oh yeah, I remember that walk. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, we had a couple of walks, but yeah, I think that was a very. We had a couple walk. of walks. Yeah. Yeah, but what, there was one like super long. I don't know. Yeah. Like, <laughs> I know. So, uh, hours for it was a very romantic walk. <laughs> I know, and I remember that the weather was a little bit chilly. Yeah, right? it was. It was, it was like autumn, chilly. I think. Or, or yeah, no, it might or have maybe been. winter. I don't know. I don't remember. Well. I think it was winter, probably. Maybe. It, it might have been snow, yeah. I think so, yeah. Uh, it might have been like one of these uh, December breaks. Uh, you know, December to January break? and on, Yeah, that's true. Probably you're correct. Probably one of those. So, and I remember you started teaching me about all of the things that you do in your research uh, related to buildings. Yeah, sustainable <laughs> like building design, buildings le- in general. Lego kind of buildings. Oh, uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. So, I would like to... Um, relearn what you taught me that day because I thought it was really really interesting but I almost like every time I, I try to uh, tell someone oh I'm, I know a friend that is working in this kind of thing I completely forget the details <laughs> so oh, I, yeah. I don't want to get it I don't want to get it wrong so can you, can you teach me again uh, what what is exactly what was exactly your research about oh yeah of course Lujin. don't worry uh, for that because as you know I mean we are doing or we did we're developing research that is sometimes very focused yeah. in a topic and uh i don't know just uh sometimes to capture the the main idea is the nice the nice part and uh-huh. the, the details are not very significant or not very important for for everyone but for us yeah. to continue yeah. the, the thing yeah but yeah i am i am very excited to keep developing this uh, research area Luis, because I I remember that in in that time I told you something that I I, I consider that 
these kind of topics are going to be more and more important in the future yeah. of the of the construction. I mean, in the present also, I wish it it will be as important as I think that it could be in the future. But the real uh-huh. thing is that uh, right now, uh, because my, my research is something, let's say, innovative and in some uh-huh. words also or some ways disruptive, is something uh-huh. that goes against or in another path as we currently used to, to do the things. And so, uh-huh. you know, I mean, we, we all know in other industries that when any kind of new technology uh, is starting or there is people that is trying to implement them, yeah. there will always be a resistance, resistance from, uh, yes. from the, yeah. the, the change. The change, yeah, exactly. So yeah. that's the thing. But the thing, I mean, so, mm-hmm. uh-huh. if you have no, questions, no, 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 I, I have to point, I have to point this because sometimes uh-huh. I just assume that maybe you know something that, uh, that I'm trying to say. <laughs> no, 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 I don't know anything. So tell us from the beginning, like what was, okay. what's exactly what you do? And, That's uh, a great point. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and, and you know, Lisa, forgive me because of that, but sometimes that happens to me. You know, I I just get excited trying to ex- to express some of the ideas yeah. or the new things that I am trying to do, and I just yeah. assume that uh, you already yeah. know some of the details of my previous research or the basis of my research. So that's yeah. the thing. that happens to everybody. I think I whenever you get you get in very deep into something, uh, and you're just trying to convey that idea to someone else yeah. and, and you have something in order to go well it is very hard for you to go back into uh, that perspective where you mm-hmm. don't know you can't assume any like uh, many many things right exactly uh, so yeah I, i'll ask you this time to, <laughs> to do that for me can you go back and what is the big picture that you, the, of things you're doing and then we can uh if you want you can focus a, li- a little mm-hmm. bit more mm-hmm. Later yeah. on, uh-huh. yeah, that sounds pretty cool. Yes, Luis. And um, just thinking about that, uh, maybe the context is the one of the most important things about yeah. my research, you know, or maybe any kind of research. Uh, if the context and the problematic is important, that means that your research is important. <laughs> Sometimes, <laughs> if the context and problematics is not that much, maybe the, is not that that critical. But I mean, right now, um, I was opening with that thing. Uh, the fact is that the construction industry, believe it or not, uh, but is how it is nowadays in all around the world, is cataloged as a very inefficient industry, and a mm-hmm. very inefficient industry in uh, in different ways. But for example, something that is very clear and uh, that has been measured in the last no not that much. I mean, in a in a global scale, but let's say in the last five years, ten years, no more is that um, in global in a global scale the construction industry is responsible for the depletion of the natural resources and uh, the rough numbers are that uh, the construction industry uses from the 30 to the 40 percent of the natural resources annually from all the world oh, uh-huh. so that's if you think about it it's huge i mean if we reach all the the 40 percent is it's a lot and uh, the critical part is that when you also measure the, the amount of waste that is generated to the landfills annually in a global scale, if we can do a, a rough average, uh, the percentage is almost the same. Uh, it goes from the 30 to the 40 percent. 
And so mm -hmm. that uh, talks to you about, uh, it, it, it is something very, very clear about the inefficient ways of how we build uh, nowadays. I mean, we take the 40% of the environment and uh, we uh, put in the, in the landfills also the 40%. So that's the thing, and uh, you know, I mean, there are a lot of research that has been done in order to point out very clear what are the parts of the of this construction chain that is the more uh, where where we can find the inefficient the inefficient parts. And mm -hmm. uh, sometimes, I mean, it's because uh, because of the lack of automation inside of construction, uh, also in uh, in a uh, plenty of parts of the world, the construction is still based in manufacturing processes. I mean, everything is, is kind of handmade. And so, yes, uh -huh. we use a plenty of prefabricated uh, parts of buildings. But uh, when you talk about the process of how to put all the building together, everything is still, if you think about it, I mean, we don't have to, to be experts in construction. But uh, uh, if you compare the manufacturing industry, for example, you you have uh, huge uh, uh, companies in, uh, that are are full with robots that uh, are the ones that put together all, all the all, all the pieces of an assembly. In comparison uh -huh. with the construction industry, is not in that way because it's more complex in in some ways. Uh, and so yes, we can prefabricate some 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 kind of stuff, but when you go into the field to put all the things together, everything is still manual. So it's part of the things. Because it's very hard to uh, make things that will fit every sort of building. Use. So everything has exactly. to be kind of ad hoc. Uh, so, and what was my question? <laughs> so, <laughs> where so does your research come from? <laughs> oh, yeah. yeah and so because of that, uh, that, that that's the, the huge problematic that we're facing. And you know that, I mean, with this thing, I uh, I am talking about all these problems that we are having globally related with uh, the lack of sustainability and uh -huh. uh, this is related with uh, um, global warming and uh, all these uh, goals that has been set for the uh, the international institutes and organizations in order to achieve sustainability in the, the coming decades so uh, from uh, several of the points that that uh, and targets that we have now the U united nations has has said for different countries uh, maybe three or four are related from 21 goals. Four or three are related with uh, with the construction industry, and uh, that are also uh, are trying to tackle this issue of the lack of un uh, inefficiency. So a question is probably it's not very easy for I mean it's not very easy for me to see, and probably it's not very easy for many people to see how automation will help sustainability. I mean, automation, prefabrication, and uh, all these kind of concepts uh, helps basically in um, make the use of the resources more efficient. Mm -hmm. I will summarize. Uh, I mean, there there will be like uh, more more benefits, but if I could summarize everything in something, or the things that I'm looking for is to increase the efficiency in the use of the resources, for example, because again, okay. Luis, the, the the problem right now is that. We take a lot from the environment. Uh, we generate uh, in the taking a lot also also is translated as producing a lot of uh, environmental damages uh -huh. uh, globally annually. And then during the process, we are not efficient enough inside of the construction industry in order to take advantage 
of all the full potential of every single component that we are putting inside of the build environment. So okay. uh-huh. that, that is the kind of concept that I, I am trying to, I mean, the, is, is the deep concept that I'm trying to, to explore into in develop, you know, methodologies and strategies of how to tackle this. So this is, oh, that, that is like the, the main, main problem that I know. I mean, it's, it's something, it's, it's something huge. You know, Luis, I will compare uh, this, this problem exactly at the same level. I don't know if you feel a little bit more or, or a, a little bit less, but exactly at the same level and of importance as our dependency of uh, fossil fuel energies. Fossil fuels. Uh-huh. Exactly. Uh, uh, I, I will put it in, in that way, because if you just think about it, uh, Luis, I mean, the, when we are talking about producing doors, bricks, steel for construction, all these supply chains are secondary supply chains of production that need some kind of fuel in order to be, uh-huh. to be produced. And so we are talking about something, something very similar. We are producing a lot of damages to the environment. We are not making enough benefits and we are producing a lot of waste to landfills annually in, in a global scale. So uh-huh. that's, that's a real problem. So all the debris or in, they call the residual material uh, after a building, I don't know, uh, is demolished. Is, yeah. uh-huh, is demolished like it's over its lifetime. Mm-hmm. Uh, so that doesn't, uh, and nowadays doesn't get reused. Uh, that's I, I remember you were talking about that that day. Exactly. Yeah. So th- that's the main problem, Luis, because right now the rates of reuse, that is the best thing, are very low. Then recycling, uh-huh. it's a little bit better, but not enough because we just recycle the things that are recyclable. But there are, a huge, uh, there are so many things in construction that are not recyclable or are difficult to recycle. So uh-huh. I'm trying to focus in all these uh, this kind of concepts, you know, to develop tools, practical yeah. tools as an engineer, you know. As <laughs> an engineer, yeah. I also remember that one of the strategies that you talked to me about reusing was that to have like pieces that will uh, be reused like after the lifetime of the building uh, will be reused into another uh, building. How will that work? Uh, and what's the, what will be the compatibility issues or, or how does it work in general? It's something that uh, right now, I mean, that's a very good question, Luis, and I don't have like the final answer. And uh-huh. uh, I mean, there are so many other researchers that are are working in similar fields, and we all are creating and and studying different paths. And I think, Luis, that also there's no one general solution. Also, in and also, I will I will say, and I will make the comparison with our transition from fossil fuel energies to uh, renewable energies that mm-hmm. it has been uh, said that there is no one uh, clean energy that is going to solve the problems. There's going to be okay. there's gonna be like plenty of options that are going to yeah. be part of the solution. And uh, if you take them all in the, in a cor- in the correct approach, you're going to make a, a smooth transition into a, into a more sustainable environment. So I will say that something similar I can, I can see in my field. And uh-huh. for my particular point of view, I am presenting this and I am focusing in these ideas that you already uh, talk about is that uh, uh, let's imagine right now the problem again is that most of the building components has been designed not to be disassembled. And so Mm -hmm. now 
the challenge is to first uh, to make enough uh, research in order to to know how to make an efficient design for disassembly, and then mm-hmm. trying to uh, to implement all the, those strategies into the real market. Because right now the the market is flooded with this uh, or this kind of traditional strategies, and I will say that it's because I mean there's a lot of engineering inside, but it's an engineering that related with construction that didn't take into account the constraints of resources that we have, and that's a problem. I mean, since the let's say in the modern ages of the society and let's say since the industrial revolution for example all the buildings and all the components that has been designed for structures and for systems in subsystems inside of a building has been thought in the premise that we have or, or that we have in the past that we have unlimited resources in order to keep making components and keep dip- disposing those components uh-huh. and that was fine and again, my 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 correlation yeah. is exactly the same with fossil fuels. Yeah, we we did it in that way because it was an easy way. It was in those moments because we didn't have a prob- the uh, problems with the environment. But now yeah. that the resources are so much limited because we are so, so many people in the all around the world, we need uh, now. We have realized that with these unsustainable ways, there's no way that we can succeed and that we can Uh yeah and that that we can create wealthiness there for for the entire populations so that's the thing i don't know uh, i i just uh, spread a little bit sorry that i am not very clear with my (laughs) with my answers but because it's because i i i understand that these problems are not uh, something that that i can just just say okay yeah if we develop this technology i mean it's gotta be solved for the rest of of the story, yeah, yeah, I no. don't think so. I just think, and I'm not saying that the technology, the technology that we already have, is bad. Not at all. I mean, it's great because it's uh, are the things that we used in order to reach this this level. It of got us here, right? Uh-huh. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And so I'm just trying to be very careful because I I never uh, is never my intention to to declare that I am trying to do something better or no no I'm no, just no, trying no. to it's... improve uh-huh. something and to build from something that. Uh, has been already developed. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So the point was that pieces are kind of designed to be reused uh, mm-hmm. forward. What sort of pieces are, like more particularly, uh, can be That's... trusted to be reused forward? Uh, because I, I imagine that perhaps, mm-hmm. well, I don't know, but, but I imagine that concrete will be a little bit dubious. Since yeah, in yeah. Bit, yeah, yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Uh, probably steel will be uh, much easier or... Or what is exactly uh, inside? And, and you're right, uh, Luis. I mean, you also, uh, your intuition as a professional, uh, you don't have to be an expert in, in construction in order to have, and we all in general, as a society, we have just to use sometimes our intuition in order to know what are the components that can be reusable in, in which ones are not. And as you uh, as you are pointing, there are like a, a set of rules that has been developed, like, it's a, a huge branch of research that is called design for disassembly. And in uh-huh. all this, it's uh, something curious and something that is really interesting to me and for my research is that all this topic of design for disassembly 
has been very well developed since the last 40 years in the manufacturing industry, or maybe more. I, I will say uh, 100 years, like in specifically since oh, wow. the since the industrial revolution, because you oh, know, okay. in that uh -huh. moment was when uh, all the industries were thinking about how to produce in mass. In the uh, for producing mass, you have to create a component that is easy to assembly that you can put in an automated line, and then after uh, after some decades they also started to think in the concept of reuse. And so this is very interesting, at least because right now in the, I will say the manufacturing industry, it's so much more advanced in comparison, in this topic, in comparison with other industries, and in particular the, the construction industry that we are, we are way behind, way, way behind. And that, that is bad for the things, but it's good to me because it's, uh, that gives me a lot of work to do, you know? Yeah, so, yeah, no. But the good thing is that um, there's plenty of research in the manufacturing industry that can be somehow transferred into the construction industry. Uh, it has to be adapted, of course, and it, it has yeah. to be implemented in the correct way because it's not it's not the same language. But the thing uh -huh. is that that's exciting part for me. And my whole thesis, if you read it, uh, in my the research articles that I have de developed uh, until now, is something that I always point out because those ideas that I have implemented for the construction industry has been started in the theories that are very well established in the manufacturing industry. So I don't know, for mm -hmm. me, it has been a really, really nice, nice exchange. Can you give us an example of something that you translated from the manufacturing industry into the construction? Oh, yeah. In, that is like the core of my thesis and the core of the research that I am doing this. And it's something that we... Uh, as an acronym is VSSG. That is, uh, uh, let me remember, Disassembly Structure Sequence Graphs. Uh -huh. And so, I mean, the acronym means, or in a in, in few words, is that if you have a component that was already designed for being disassembled, and uh -huh. you would like to retrieve one single component from that artifact that could be made for hundreds of components or, 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 or even more or less, I mean, it doesn't matter, you can create and you have to create an artificial intelligence that runs based in algorithms, optimization algorithms, in order to be able to retrieve that piece, that, that component, by taking out all the components that are in the way to reach that component. But the most important thing is that the final path to, to select has to be realistic has to be practical and uh, uh -huh. and uh, if it is the optimal way how to retrieve it it could be awesome because in that way you involve uh, a very you, you can involve um less amount of effort in this kind in this uh -huh. way resources like labor or the time of a machine to take it out and then to replace it to reuse the the artifact can you give us an example of, of one of those artifacts or those components yeah yeah it could be, it could be, that's a very interesting question, uh, Luis, because I took, I mean, if you look for these theories applied for manufacturing industry, this uh -huh. is already uh, applied for laptops, cell phones, uh, washer machines, any kind of artifact okay. that you are, you, we are using in, the, in our houses. The companies use this kind of uh, artificial intelligence in order to retrieve uh, components and also in order to improve the designs. Uh-huh. The idea right now, uh, I mean, 
the idea or in the future is that all this process could be automated in a way that maybe a, a robot could develop all, all these tasks. Right now, uh-huh. we are like in a, in a transition, I will say, because it's not that necessary for the manufacturing industry. Uh, and, and also the, the development of, of robots that can make this kind of work in that way, precise way, are, are non-existent. But it's supposed to be that with the years, maybe some decades, no, not too many more. Uh, I think that uh-huh. the, the advances of, te- of technology are very, very high in, this, in these ages. In some decades, maybe, we're going to have robots that are, are going to be able to make all these kind of disassembled tasks that are, are kind of complex, and, but they are worth it because they are a way to do the reuse or to put the reuse in, in a next level. Uh-huh. And so uh, for your question, Luis, I think, I mean, this, these concepts are, are being used for, for little artifacts. And uh, also, I think that for other kind of industries like the nuclear energy industry also is implementing the, all this kind of, uh, and they have to use all these kind of uh, methodologies because they are working with very hazardous uh, materials and uh, very dangerous environments. So they have uh-huh. to optimize everything, the time. Also, the the time of exposure of of any kind of human to all those kinds of environments, uh-huh. or ideally to delegate the tasks to a robot. Oh, exactly. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Yeah, yeah. Uh-huh. So an example would be if I don't know my washing machine, mm-hmm. uh, one I don't know structural component uh, is broken, then I don't have to call the technician. Like some robot would come and I don't know know how to do it or. I don't know if the robot will come, but the, the idea is that, <laughs> that, <laughs> that you can put it on, awesome. on, a, on, yeah. uh-huh, on a robotic machine and that will uh, identify what component is broken and, and replace it. Uh-huh. Exactly, yeah, something like uh-huh. that. That If you think about that, uh, about that is something that the technicians has been making like for so many years. But again, yeah. right now, the problem is that there are, if we talk about washing machines, there are so many washing machines the good thing, it will be that there will be like maybe just one model of a washer machine spread all around the world. In that way, you can, uh, everything can be simplified. But right now, yeah. the amount of kind of artifacts that we have is so different and so complex. And uh, they have integrated so much more technology. You know that uh-huh. uh, right now, all the, all the, um, all the things that we use in the, in the house, I mean, all of them includes also a computer inside. So maybe yeah. your issue is not with the com- uh, with the washing machine, but is with the interface that is the computer that that uh, I don't know that displays and that uh, that makes the washing machine uh, uh, work. So oh. I don't that that's the thing. That's the thing. so just think about that, uh, Luis. And from that ideas that uh, DSSG theory, I took it from the literally I took it uh, borrowed from from the manufacturing industry because. Is a, it has been proven for, for decades, and I translated into a building. And that was very exciting and interesting because uh-huh. it's something that, that was pretty new. That was one of the main contributions of my thesis, that that was the first class study that was applying this kind of disassembly theories for a building structure. But how would it work in a building? Because, I mean, you, you don't... You can't just bring a gigantic robot and ask it to disassemble it, right? So how would it exactly work? Like, what's the implementation? 
Oh, that's one of the, of the differences yeah, in comparison with the manufacturing industry. Let's say that, I mean, implementing a giant robot for, for the building industry would be not that, uh, that, feasible. that affordable, feasible, uh-huh. yeah. But if you can just create the optimized plants for this assembly for the actual labor, the human labor, that uh-huh. could be a huge advantage, a huge advantage okay. because, okay. because uh-huh. you know, Luis, what, what happened nowadays with all our technology in the construction industry, when, at the, uh, when you have to fix something in a building, the more, most common thing, because it's cheap, but it's not efficient, is uh, to send some technicians to see why, what is the problem. And they just start to mess up around, literally. That's the word because they, I mean, yeah, they are applying their professional judgment and they are trying to figure out and find out what, what, what is the thing that is wrong. And that is the source of the problems because uh, in comparison to fixing a laptop, for example, a technician that is fixing a laptop, they know what are they doing. They know what pieces are they taking apart and they, uh-huh. then they know and they can test everything. Like in a, in a desk, a building is more complex because everything is more spread in the space. Uh, but that that's the thing is the part that I am trying to solve with some tools, you know, to give more more methodologies to the technicians in order to make this process efficiently. So the idea would be that if something is broken, then uh, I don't know, a, a bunch of engineers would come and, and know how to take that particular thing apart. And exactly. know exactly where the problem will be exactly. or how to test it. Exactly, Luis. And uh-huh. the, and you know, I mean, also uh, we have something in in the, the construction industry that also uh, it exists for the manufacturing industry, but that for the construction industry works even better. And that is uh, virtual models. You know. Oh, I see. Uh-huh. Uh, you know what I'm trying to say? So just imagine is uh, one of the newest trends right now in the, in the construction industry that is called building information modeling. And so let, uh, just imagine that you have, I mean, you have a building physically, but before it was, uh, or as it was designed, the group of engineers and architects, they developed the virtual model of the building, but not mm-hmm. just the geometry. All the information that is inside, information related with uh, the type of materials that you are using, the components that you are using. If, if you want to do a, a structural analysis, you can include the resistance of, of the structural elements in order to see what's going to happen with your building. Or if you want to do thermal an, an analysis, also you can include in all these models all that kind of information. So mm-hmm. basically, in it's good that we're talking about this point because. Also, that was, I already told you what was the problem that I, I was trying to solve and how I, I implement the tools and the methods that I developed during my thesis was using this tool that it was building information modeling. So it's interesting because uh, in that way, you start to merge the real world with the digital world. Mm-hmm. And in that way, before going into the field in order to see what is wrong, you can detect any kind of anomaly or any kind of defect or or even just a change that you would like to do in your building in the digital model. That in the future, all these models are going to become digital twins of the reality. And so you can create any kind of solution virtually 
in order to see how efficient it is, if it is the thing that you will like in the, to optimize the process. And once you have done the changes in the virtual, in the virtual model, now you have a perfect plan that you can just deliver to the labor that can be human or can be robots, maybe in the, uh -huh. in the long future. Um, yeah. And the, the, the work can, uh, can be done. And everything, I mean, even more, I mean, in, in the future, uh, I am imagine that with, I mean, with all these uh, developments of Internet of Things, I mean, the, the real structure, uh, the real buildings are going to be completely connected in real time with the G digital twins. Oh, I see. So do you think that at some point we'll have, I don't know, walls connected to the internet and telling you like, oh, there was a, there was an earthquake. This wall is mm -hmm. now a little bit shaky. It's time to replace it. And there will become, exactly. become yeah. some robot mm -hmm. that will replace your wall for another one. Exactly. That, I mean, just thinking that in that, in that direction, in a, in, in a very futuristic way, it's, it's part so of cool. the thing. Yeah. And I think, Luis, that is something that is coming, you know? Because uh, there are, I mean, there, there's a huge uh, research field that is developing all these ideas related with the Internet of Things applied in the building uh -huh. industry. Oh, I had no idea. Uh, because, uh, I mean, it's still very far-fetched to me to think <sighs> of uh, <laughs> washing machines with computers inside. Like, <laughs> Why would you need a computer inside your washing machine? <laughs> but Man, at some point, even even your wall will have a computer. <laughs> exactly. I mean, I think that's the point, uh, Luis. And uh, I mean, there are some examples in. Uh, I mean, I don't know in Canada. I uh, there should be, but I, I there's nothing comes to my mind. Um, but there are some examples in uh, in Asia, and uh, for example, the uh, the airport of Singapore. I think it's it's a building that uses a lot of. Uh, Domotics or domotic or domotica that it's in Spanish. It's just related uh -huh. with the, it's very close to the idea of Internet of Things applied for buildings. Okay. And the idea is to put sensors, I mean, all around the building with a purpose, maybe to, uh, uh -huh. to measure the thermal performance or the, to measure the, the lighting that, that every single space is getting in order to optimize the lighting or maybe the, to measure the quality of the of the air in the indoors so uh, uh -huh. that's the idea to monitor in real time uh, not every single aspect but i mean the aspects that are important for your building to to operate in a in a appropriate way that's really really cool so it, right now you're working in mexico right so and probably when you were in canada you saw that implemented more closely right because it seems to me that probably mexico is a little bit behind in, in mm -hmm. implementing uh, part of that technology. You know, yeah. It is diff okay, tell me about it. Um, I mean, it's different because I think, um, because the way how we build here in Mexico, it's more similar uh, with, and I find I have find it more similar in the way how uh, people build, for example, in, in, some, in countries in Europe, in comparison yeah, with yeah, yeah. United States and Canada. Because uh, the thing is that here in Mexico, we, uh, we depend a lot on uh, manufacturing processes because the prices of the labor are way cheaper than uh, in, the, in America and Canada. So because of that, that, I mean, that has been a thing that has happened like years before and decades before. That is why in the United States and in Canada, uh, they have developed a lot of techniques in order to prefabricate 
the components in order to be assembled in the site with not too many, with lower, lower human intervention. So mm-hmm. that is why they have become with solutions of prefabricating uh, specific kinds and models of windows, doors uh, at a national level, I think. And they deploy all, all these, uh, these designs and they can use, replicate all these designs in the whole country. Here in Mexico, everything is more, is more, is so much more manual. You know, I mean, if you need a window, if you need a, um, a door, you go with the carpenter or you go with the blacksmith and uh, you show what, uh, what is the kind of door that you, you would like to do. Yeah, yeah. They do that like from nothing. They do it for you. So yes. everything is very customized in that way. So the yeah, approach changes a lot. The approach changes a lot because this is related with uh, a part of the economy that I'm telling you, Luis, uh, because I know this this, uh, uh-huh. this business, uh, is because here in Mexico, in Latin America, the labor is way cheaper than in these other countries. So do you think... Oh, okay, tell me. No, I, I was just thinking like in, and in Europe, I don't really know why they don't use a lot of... I mean, they use, so we all use prefabricated components. But also, I don't know, they, they like more to build customized stuff, you know? And that's, that's very yeah. valid because, I mean, if you think about it, the more you implement prefabricated components, the less design you have, the less, uh, less uh, freedom you have in order yes. to customize your, your, your project. So I yeah. don't know, but maybe, I don't know. I, I, right now, I'm just... Uh, uh, I, I just have some experience here in Mexico in, in, uh, to compare in Canada. Uh-huh. So how will this idea of automatized design and reusable design be implemented in Mexico? Or do you think it will be feasible to implement? Or do you think it will, it will have to be adapted hmm. uh, for, the, for the economy and the way that things are done? Oh, I uh. see your question, Luis. And, and, you know, Luis, I think, again, I will say that... The, I mean, the solution that I am proposing is just one solution from a full range of solutions yeah. that could uh-huh. be applied, that should be applied in Mexico, in Canada, and everywhere, in order to make the transition towards a more a more efficient construction industry. Uh-huh. So let's say in that way, uh, Luis, I will say that uh, with the vision that I have, my methodologies are gonna have uh, more impact in the countries where they use more prefabrication for the building of of buildings. And uh, right now, in the way how I have designed these solutions, they can can be implemented in other kind of constructions uh, that are not made with prefabricated uh, components, but the impact is going to be lower. Oh, I see. I see. Mm do you think it will require more the culture to be changed or the mm-hmm. or it will require kind of because it's, it seems to me that for example in the automotive industry kind of changed right mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. like before like anyone that knew about uh ford would be able to get their way around and change things and and you know how ford roughly uh works and if you're a mechanic, you're able to kind of know, oh, these are the things that will that that are uh, sensible, mm-hmm, right? Mm-hmm. But nowadays things are getting like a lot more complicated. So mm-hmm. uh, the the usual mechanic has a harder time 
getting into the the specifics of of every of every car you you almost need a degree in in engineering in order to go in in uh, mm-hmm. and fix true. a car so that has pushed um many people that were that had a, a profession that would not have a degree but uh, mm-hmm. i don't know they, they learn on the on the job and that pushed them into like either they have to stay with the old cars or the new generation have to go in and get a degree and kind of very 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 specialized in something uh and that somehow has impacted what uh, Mexican economy in in that particular niche mm-hmm. uh, works, right? So, do you think in Mexico or in other countries uh, the technology that you are or, or that is being developed will change the way things are done, or do you think it will require like a, a drastically different solution? Mm. That's that's a good question, Luis. And uh, I will say, I will say yes. I I, I will say that. Um, and uh, let me think about it because, uh, yes, I think that this is gonna be just one of the solutions that that could exist. But yeah, because I told you from the beginning that my research is based in all these theories that are related with uh, design for disassembly. That is a huge thing. I think that yeah, I mean for, I mean for me and for for this kind of uh, tools that I am developing, it's gonna be so much better if radical changes are done inside of the construction industry. Um, uh-huh. But maybe I mean, um, I'm not I'm not saying that they have to be I mean in a specific amount of time like a year or a decade. Uh, I think that if we just realize that uh, the ways how we build right now are not sustainable and it is totally proven uh-huh. we need to make the transition to these new technologies i mean it's something that is necessary and as long as these new technology and, and new ways to to build become into the picture the solutions that also i am creating are going to become more and more important that's uh, that, that's my point and uh, yeah, i mean yeah. and of course Liz, i mean for me it would be like if i could imagine a world uh, a futuristic building it will like a, like a transformer you know it will like uh, <laughs> no I, I mean i, I always joke uh, uh, with this uh, that comparison with my friends because i love how it looks i mean just imagine uh, a giant artifact that where every single part knows uh, its function and knows where to go and why and that can change the function uh-huh. in the place and everything according with the desires of the of the design. And yeah. I don't know, I mean, just in just imagine that deployed in an entire region, for example, where you can exchange columns, beams, doors from one from one building to the other one, and that you have a mastermind connected uh, by internet in order that you perfectly know the buildings that are being dismantling today and that you can use all those components in other projects that, that, that are in different parts, you know? So I don't know. That's my purpose, you know? It will be like Hogwarts that the stairs just move around. Exactly. That's kind of fun. So another thing that I wanted to ask you, because I, I remember when you, you were here. Yeah. You used to have a crazy 
weight of time management. Really? <laughs> well, at, at least from the outside, it looked it it looked insane because uh, somehow you you graduated earlier. You you did your PhD really quick. Yeah, uh, that's true. Yeah, you you you, fi you finished very fast. Uh, you managed to spend crazy hours in the gym. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I remember all those hours. You, you spend crazy hours in the gym. Uh, mm -hmm. And then you will go to salsa after that. Oh yeah, of course. Yeah. And somehow, and somehow you you look very relaxed all the time. <laughs> so, can you tell us your secrets of how how does Benjamin uh, <laughs> do time management? <laughs> I don't know, Luis. I think I don't know. I uh, I will say that first of all, I would like to say that I I am a very simple person. And so I just, maybe that, that's something that helped me. I just try to focus in the things that I have in the moment. I don't uh -huh. know if that is good or not good. I mean, of course, I know that there, there have some benefits and some disadvantages about that. But uh, I don't know. Now that you're talking about that, that thing, Liz, I don't know. I just try to take advantage of the things that I have in a, in a given stage of my life, for, uh, for example. And for uh -huh. example, in the moment that where I was uh, when I was in Waterloo developing my my research, I enjoyed a lot, Luis. I a lot, a lot. And I mean, I finished earlier, but my original plan was to stay there a little bit longer, maybe just one uh, one year more, um, uh -huh. because I was I was enjoying a lot. Uh, one, the people I was surrounded by, and you was included, of course, Luis. You know, I mean, my research uh -huh. team, my advisor. I was enjoying that much, I mean, that at that moment in the things that, the, let's say, little things, little research or, or whatever we were doing, I was just enjoying the, the, the moment. Uh, but, I mean, sometimes also I I'm totally agree that yeah, in the moment that you start to settle down, I don't know, uh, you run the risks to don't explore more things that you would like to do. And to so, get too comfortable. Exactly. Uh, yeah, yeah. You're getting your comfort zone, and the, also that's good. But maybe you are losing some changes of opportunities to develop if you want. Uh -huh. But I don't uh -huh. know. But the thing is that uh, in one moment I had that that option of staying a little bit longer in the in Waterloo or moving and taking my faculty position here in Mexico. And uh, even though I I want I really wanted you know this with with my heart <laughs> I wanted to stay a little <laughs> bit longer. Uh, but I mean uh, also I was thinking. If I stay just one year more, I mean, it's going to be like the same. So maybe it's just time to move on. And I just did. Yeah. But anyways, uh, but my answer to this is like, I don't know. I just, I, I just try to keep everything simple. And you are, and you are a witness of that. I'm that not is complicated. True. I'm just simple. I mean, I mean, if you say, let's go, let's go. If you say, let's change your plans, let's change your plans. I mean, I'm not get stuck with things like. I don't know that I will call little, but I know that for other people, it's they are not little things. Yeah, you're not very delicate. It's like whatever, whatever it is. <laughs> it is. Exactly. But exactly. So I'm adaptable. What about adaptable? <laughs> adaptable. Yeah. I like that adaptable. Word. I like yeah. that. I like that. So, how long you used to spend uh, in your research per day? Like, how many hours per day would you put on it? Hmm. Roughly. I never measure it, uh, Luis, but. But I don't know, maybe, uh, I don't know. I mean, as a PhD student, I mean, it was the only thing that I, I had to do every day. 
but I remember that, and you know this, uh, Luis, I mean, in my case also, I will say that it depends because sometimes when you're in, when, when I am in the mood and I, I, I have something to develop, I mean, that I discover something, yeah. something, I mean, like a subroutine or a, an algorithm that I was developing is working. I mean, and I'm not stuck. I don't know. I, and also I, I have to point this. Yeah. I don't know if it's related, Luis, and I don't know if I told you before, but I am a gamer. <laughs> really? Yeah. yeah, so I'm, I'm a geek. So we all are geeks, are as, as uh, science guys and engineers. Uh-huh. And so because of that, and I'm pretty sure that also, you, Luis, you are in this way, when you just get stuck with something that you want to yeah. finish and to do, you can spend like uh, uh, plenty hours just focusing but also in the in the opposite, I remember that there were some times where uh, things were not working very well, and yeah. uh, I was just trying to do my best. But I don't know, my my time in front of the computer was very inefficient. So yeah, I don't know. Yeah. This this is a very, uh, <laughs> it just varies. Yeah, the thing when you have like these periods in life where that things are going well. Mm-hmm. You, you tend to put like over hours and uh, and it doesn't feel like a chore. Exactly. It doesn't feel really bad. Exactly. Uh, That's it's actually quite smooth, but uh, yeah. there's a lot of times where things are not not going smooth, right? Yep. And, That's true. That's true. And sometimes you have to power through those those yep. periods. Uh-huh. Oh, but but Luis, I I want right now. I'm just uh, remembering, and also and also it's part of my lifestyle. Even now during this quarantine period. I think that during my labor days, I mean, I mean the, the days from Monday to, to Friday, I suppose yeah. that we have to keep working. I mean, yes, uh, I mean, I, I try to be productive and, and to do the things that, that, that I, I want to develop more. But one of the things that I, I don't like to sacrifice is my gym time, you know? I mean, so, <laughs> no, that's yeah. for sure. But, you know, sometimes I just force myself because, you know, sometimes you don't want to do anything. You just want to to chill. But, I mean, I'm just developing my work, whatever. And in one hour, like, I don't know, like at five, five five-ish or six-ish, I know that now it's time to do something different. And I just go and move some weights and that's it. Yeah. And you will spend, I think you're conscious, right, that... (laughs) <laughs> you will spend crazy number of hours in the gym and yeah yeah. Uh, yeah yeah so that's something i also wanted to, to ask you like how how you, what's your story like how do you get to that point where <laughs> two hours in the gym is not enough <laughs> um, and it's not it's not like two hours of of just like warm up or something <laughs> for you it seems like two hours is two hours <laughs> three hours is three hours exactly and it's like from one exercise to the next, into the next. How, how do you get there? <laughs> I don't know, Luis. It's, you know, I think it's part of... I and Also, I, uh, we like to, to the gym. So it's part of our lifestyle. And I will say, Luis, is that maybe it's also my personality that... Uh, in our personality, Luis, because it's how we met each other. That, I mean, in this kind of environments, I mean, you just feel good. You just feel happy. And yeah. it's not it's related with working out. It's an important part, but the social part for me it was amazing, you know. And and for me, it, it is as fun to go to the gym 
with my friends, uh, with people like you, and yeah. to chill, to hang around, to 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 tease each other. I mean, everything for fun. Also to complain. You know, I love, and you know this, Luis. I love going to chat and complain about my life. You know, in the things I don't <laughs> I mean, in, in it's a way how to for me to solve. That. It's like a therapy. Right? Exactly. Like, yeah. Exactly. And uh-huh. then uh, I don't know. That is why I will say that. And also, I know that, I mean, from the three hours that I go, I mean, the real workout is just like maybe one or sometimes less, less than one. Uh, but that's the thing is is uh, just that I enjoy my time there, you know. And I think yeah. it depends a lot, Luis, uh, because I have been in sometimes or periods of time of my life where I have gone to some gyms where I don't know anybody and the environment mm-hmm. is not friendly. And when yeah. in, in those kind of places, I just go for one and a half hour. I just do okay. my thing, uh, listen to my music, and I just go away. But for oh, example, I in Waterloo, I mean, it was a mess because yeah, I mean, we you... had so many friends there. And, yeah. and then, I don't know, for me, it was very funny just to keep chatting with people, meeting each other. And, and also, I remember that, I don't know, in Waterloo, something happened that that uh, some people in and guys used to just approach me asking me for advices and for me it was just fun like okay i mean this is not my job but uh, I, I will help you yeah but the thing is when i go for example to good life or any gym around here mm-hmm. no one looks like you <laughs> <laughs> really none of uh... the trainers look like you <laughs> Oh. They're especially uh, buff. <laughs> oh, there you go. <laughs> so I, I, I understand why other people ask you for advice mm-hmm. because if, if it works for you, it's because you're doing something right. Deal, right? <laughs> that's yeah. true. If that's, that's the result, true. whatever you're doing, tell me what you're doing. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, yeah. and I don't know. In in this, I mean, now now just talking about that in the gym in, in Waterloo, where a place uh, where I met. Uh, my, I would say my best friends, you know, I mean, I mean, if we, we, we don't catalog friends, but I mean, very good friends. I, I met, met you, met, met Remy, uh, Kyle, it's a lifestyle. So yeah. Yeah. Uh, people with similar mindsets ends up going mm-hmm. to the gym uh, exactly. and it's more like the ones that have even more similar mindsets, uh, are the ones that chat around and, mm-hmm. you know, take it as a, as a social activity. Exactly. So what do you think lately I've been thinking about i don't know workout at home because of all this covid situation mm. has caused that the gyms are closed now right i know yeah. so it's kind of a shame that uh here i live in a very small apartment so mm-hmm. I, I have no way to have a, a squat rack or mm, at uh, least, yeah. yeah so that would that would be ideal uh so suppose that at some point you know things move forward and and i move forward in life and then I get a, a gym set up at home. So do you think, in your case, do you think that a home gym will satisfy your requirements or you will still prefer to go to like a, an open gym? Mm-hmm. Do you think that there's something lost and very important for you? I think so, Luis, yeah. Because I I prefer going into a proper gym and uh, because it's part of uh, my my thinking. I think that when you go to the gym, you, you don't go just for, for working out or I don't know. I mean, it depends because um, if that is one of your goals and if you are a professional in that field, I think, yeah, I think it's completely different. But for us, I think, or for me, 
as a common person that this is just something is something just for fun and, and, and to be healthy. Um, for me, the social part uh, means a lot, you know. And also, yeah, I, I, I like to, not just for gym, but uh, I don't know. I, right now, I'm just remembering, but somehow, and maybe it's because of my personality, I always finish being a friend of the trainers. Not all of them, yeah. but at least one, because I always like to ask questions, you know, and um, and it doesn't matter that are simple questions related with gym in this case. I just keep asking, I mean, for, to my trainer here in Mexico or over there in Canada or where I, uh, when I was living in Sweden, do you remember that, that period of time? Yeah. It was something very similar and it has been like a, like a sequence in a, uh, in a behavior that, that I have noticed, but it's just because I, I like just to ask some questions and I am always open to learn. And, uh, yeah. and I, and I, at this point I can say that I have learned so much uh, from uh, a lot of people, but right now from trainers. And uh, I have heard like some opinions about some some kind of motions, movements, and approaches here in Mexico, in Canada, in the U.S., in 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 Sweden, and mm -hmm. um, I don't know. For me, it's, uh, as a therapy, if I mean right now that I am just thinking twice. Yeah, yeah. Sometimes just just working out on its own is. Uh... I mean, I mean, you get something done because it's it's better than not doing it. Uh, mm -hmm. But it's not. You don't get, same. Yeah. yeah, you don't get that element of, yeah. Uh, at least you're not doing it professionally, uh, as you said, yeah. um, talking to someone else or having the, the, the social aspect is, uh, yeah, it is important. Yeah. The social aspect is, is, is something that, I think that is so. not, is, is not to be disregarded. I know. And also, you know, Liz, I mean, I think that it's going to be as important as it fits for you. Because uh, yeah. maybe I mean I, I don't I don't have uh, uh, any other kind of like I mean now you you talk about the the dancing classes so that would be something more but um, I don't know maybe there's people that has so many other activities you know that uh -huh. that maybe socializing in a in a gym is is something that they don't have uh, time anymore I mean they just right. they, they have to attend so many other things but for me for for my kind of lifestyle is something that is is there you know so that is why yeah. it's important but yeah yeah i enjoy it <laughs> yeah i remember that you have this uh kind of various social circles and then you go like uh, <laughs> it's very have funny. your social circle from from uh dancing and then your social <laughs> circle from your research and and everybody knew who benjamin was <laughs> <laughs> the mexican guy the mexican yeah. guy the Mexican buff guy. Ah, <laughs> uh, there we go. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah you uh, did have, you I tell you, Luis, that once uh, one one girl recognized me because of the gym in the in the CN Tower? No way. <laughs> <laughs> that was very funny. Yeah, I was in the line with another friend of mine uh, that w went from issue. Uh, she's from here. Ah, Diana. Do you remember Diana? So it was in those times. Uh, uh -huh. The Mexican girl that went to visit me over there in Tuvalu, and so okay. we were hanging out in the in the CN Tower, and we were just in the line. And and, and this girl, I mean, she was more than a teenager, but um, because she was studying, I don't remember the details in UW, and she was like looking at me, and I started to to notice that she was kind of like <laughs> looking at me in a like in a friendly way, in a, like like did I did I know her maybe. Maybe not, but I, I was trying to ignore her. 
And then in one point she broke the silence and, and she said, hey, excuse me, uh, are you from Nursia Warlu? And he said, yes, I am. And, uh, why? And, oh, yes, it's because you are the Jack guy that is always in the gym. <laughs> <laughs> that was hilarious yeah. for me. I don't think anyone will believe that you finish a PhD that quick. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah, that's, <laughs> true. The num- that's true. The number of hours that you'll spend, uh, the, the, <laughs> the amount of time you spend in the gym was, uh, was a little bit uncommon. Let's yeah, say. that's true. That's true. Yeah. But you know, you know, Luis, okay, what about this? For me, it's, it's because talking about sports, for example, you are a soccer player. So yeah. in your lifestyle, you need time for gym, but also for soccer. But for me, I don't play soccer. So for me, everything was in one shot, you know? And so I didn't have like another responsibility to fool. And so I was Well, like, you had you had salsa class. Uh, then how how yeah. would you fit all your salsa responsibilities in your gym? <laughs> Believe it or not, it was it was difficult to me, Luis, because I mean, salsa is not that difficult and it's something just for fun. But yeah, it requires like a couple of times at least per week in order to go. And I remember that I mean, I, maybe I never told you guys, I mean, as, as my gym crew, uh uh-huh. That in one point, it was like uh, when I was uh, doing my, my stuff in the gym and it was time to go to the dancing classes, I my mind was always struggling. Like, should I go? I don't want to. I mean, I want to go, but I prefer to be here. And But, you know, oh. but again, again, uh-huh. I mean, maybe the, the thing that I said from the beginning, I, I just tried to be adaptable and I just forced to myself and I said, like, it's going to be fun. I mean, if I just stay here, I'm going to keep doing the same thing. I mean, I, uh-huh. I will just keep giving the chance to this thing in order uh, to see what happens. And so it was like always a fight, you know. I think that I, I was never waiting for the time to go. I was just enjoying my time. So I was like, okay, now it's time. Okay, let's go. And I... And I oh, and I that's, that's, that's interesting. Because uh, now that the gyms are closed... Mm-hmm. Every time that, that you have to restart going to the gym, I have that struggle of, uh, <laughs> you know, oh, I have to go now. And then, yeah, at some point, it's just like let your feet mm-hmm. do the work for you. Exactly. Like, exactly. Yeah. Okay, yeah, yeah. Let your feet just go, get it done. Because once you're there, mm-hmm. five, ten minutes after, you start enjoying it. You start exactly. like, getting in the yeah, mood. Yeah, you got it. You got yeah. it. Yeah. That's the thing, yeah. Luis. So it's, it's just, just a matter of getting in there. And yeah, it's start moving it. Benjamin, that took a while of your time. Thank you so much. Uh, <laughs> no, for... no, don't say that. I just I enjoy you talking to you, Luis. And yeah. it was it is worth it because we haven't talked in a while. Yeah, we haven't talked in a while. I think uh this is a, a very good excuse to catch up with my friends. <laughs> exactly. Yeah, yeah, that's true, that's true, yeah. Luis. And I am yeah. very happy. I mean, thanks for inviting me, and I'm very happy to to see this project that you are starting. And uh, yeah. anytime that you want, I can be here again. Yes. <laughs> and yeah. doing something more, you know, like, I don't know, like, I don't know, like that dynamics or, or, or games here online. I don't know. Well, let's see. Let's see. Uh, let's see where this goes to. Um, I have in mind that at some point having a few friends from Mexico and do one mm-hmm. in Spanish and just talk about politics uh, and mm. see uh <laughs> Because I, I want to get informed myself because I don't know <laughs> what the situation is. So it's it's a way that I know what is the perspective of many people that, uh, <laughs> that I consider very smart and very likely more informed than me. <laughs> <laughs> so what's their perspective and how 
things can move forward, how things can be improved. Uh, just that a brainstorm. Be a nice topic. It's important. Brainstorm session. Uh, mm -hmm. No, uh, no strings attached. Just mm -hmm. ideas. <laughs> That'll I like be fun. It. I yeah, like it. That'll be fun. So I'll let you know. Okay. Uh, thank you so much. Thanks to you, Luigi. Thanks to you. And uh, anytime you can contact me again. Of course, of course. Yeah. <laughs> thank you. Okay. See you, see you, Liz. Take care. Bye. 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 -bye.